Well, good morning. Merry Christmas. This is wonderful worship, isn't it? This is what we should do on Christmas morning. We ought to just do this every Christmas morning, whether it's on Sunday or not. Amen. Hey, thank you for being in church today. Thank you for the worship that you have given to our Lord this morning. You know, I, I read a, a poll recently said 84% of Americans believe that we have not understood the real meaning of Christmas. 84%. Christmas begins with Christ. Christmas revolves around Christ the way our planet revolves around the sun once a year. Here's the question we've got to address on this special day. How can our families experience Christmas in a very real way in light of what's happening in our world today? Inflation, wars and rumors of wars, moral chaos, all of that's happening. And to truly experience Christmas, we have to be very intentional and we have to refuse to be distracted by the things that's happening in the world. And we have to pay attention to God and his word. Today, I want to invite you to go back with me 2,000 years to a, a tiny village by the name of Bethlehem. At that time, the Roman Empire was flexing its muscles. Caesar Augustus, was the ruler of Rome, and he had declared that it was time for tax season. And, and he, he commanded that everyone go to their village of origin for their family and pay their taxes. So Joseph and Mary and the baby Jesus in her womb left Nazareth and made that arduous little journey about 75 miles to a place called Bethlehem. That was a, a tough journey for that young family. In Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 7, the Bible says this. Now, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a, a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, in Luke chapter 1, we learned that Mary was betrothed to Joseph and she was pregnant. Now, that took some explaining. And thank goodness, God sent Gabriel the angel to Mary to explain to her what was about to take place. And Gabriel also explained to Joseph that he was perfectly 
uh, all right to marry Mary because the, the baby in her womb was put there by the power of God himself. The Holy Spirit planted that tiny embryo of the Savior of the world, the King of kings and the Lord of lords in the virgin womb of Mary. Luke emphasizes the political situation in order that we might understand that just as we have troubles in our world today, they had troubles in that world 2,000 years ago. And it was difficult. The Bible says in Galatians 4.4, but when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. There was nothing arbitrary about the timing. There was nothing arbitrary about where Jesus was born. You, you see, God knew that the world would need proof. The Jewish people would need proof that the baby that would come from Mary's womb was indeed the Jewish Messiah that had been promised to Adam and Eve, that had been promised to Abraham, that had been promised to the, the prophets of old, to, to Isaac and Jacob and to, 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 to David. And, and, and that proof needed to be there. And so God designed that his son would be born in Bethlehem. Now you say, why? Well, 700 years before this event took place, Micah the prophet prophesied that the Jewish Messiah, the ruler of, of Israel, the, ruler, the coming ruler of the world would be born in Bethlehem. We find that in Micah chapter five, verse two. The Bible says, but as for you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you, one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel, his goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. You need to understand that Jesus did not come into existence when he was born there in the stable in Bethlehem. Jesus has existed forever. He has neither beginning nor ending. He is the eternal son of the living God. He is the alpha and the omega, the Bible says. Now, it's interesting that Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, would be born in a stable, surrounded by angels, by, by animals, with the, the pungent odor of the stable filling the air there. Isn't that interesting? The Bible says in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terribly frightened. Now, imagine if you will, a group of Jewish shepherds out in the countryside. They're huddled around a crackling fire. Their one responsibility is to watch over their flocks, to protect their flocks, to make sure their flocks are safe. But suddenly, everything changed. The Bible says an angel of the Lord appeared to them and they experienced God's glory, God's Shekinah glory for the first time in their lives. And they were absolutely stunned, stunned with amazement. And they were scared to death, by the way. God chose to reveal the news about his son's birth to this group of misfits. They were social and religious 
misfits, outcasts. And yet God revealed to them, not to the Jewish high priest, not to the priestly class, not to the Pharisees, not to the scribes. God chose to reveal to this group of misfits that his son was being born in Bethlehem. What an amazing truth. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. It was good news. It was great joy, and it was for all the people. It was for the misfits. It was for the religious class. It was for the, the, those who were rich and those who were poor. It was for those who were criminals, and it was for those who had never committed a crime in their life. It was good news, great joy for all the people. It, it's for every ethnicity. It, it's for every person in the world the fact that God would send his son to be God with us. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, for today. Now here's what the angel said to the shepherds. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Now, you might say this is a message of, it's a Christmas message in three words. The first word is Savior. The angel said he's he's the Savior of the world. The Bible says that no one can be saved except through Jesus. He is the one mediator between God and man. Jesus would grow up and say this. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. What an amazing word it is, Savior. And then the the second word is Christ. Christ, it means the anointed one. It means the ruler of the Jews, the ruler of the world. And then the third word is Lord. In the Bible, it means boss or master. In the Old Testament, this term was used to refer to God over and over again. And what what God wants us to understand today is the baby born in the manger there in Bethlehem was God in the flesh. Joshua read those verses out of John chapter 1 a few moments ago. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He alone was blessed with supreme power and authority. Well, when he grew up, he would speak to the storm and say, hush, be still, and the storm would instantly stop. He would speak to the thief on the cross, and he would say to him, today you will be with me in paradise. And I tell you, that very day, that thief was with Jesus in paradise. That's the authority and power that's associated with this word, Lord. Then in Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, The Bible says this, and suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. First, there was one angel. 
And then all of a sudden, the night sky was drenched in the glory of God and angels filled the heavens and they were praising God in the highest. Can you imagine the impact that must have had on these poor shepherds? My goodness. It was, they must have felt as if they had one foot in time and one foot in eternity. In Luke chapter 2, verses 15 through 19, the story continues. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing which has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary, Mary, treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. Now these shepherds were men of action. When they got the message from the angel and they saw the night sky over Judea drenched in glory, they didn't, they didn't have a long discussion about what they needed to do. They were men of action. They didn't sleep on it. You know what they did? They immediately got together and they said, we're going to Bethlehem. And they went to Bethlehem. Now they didn't have a star to guide them like the wise men would two years later but they had the word of Gabriel. And Gabriel said, you're not gonna find the, the baby, the, the, the savior, the Lord, and, and the king, you're not gonna find him in the lap of luxury there in Jerusalem. You're not gonna find him in the lap of luxury there in Rome. You're gonna find him in a stable. You're gonna find him surrounded by animals. And you're going to find him wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger, a feed trough that Joseph the carpenter must have, have, have reworked to be a bassinet for the son of the living God. Luke 2.20 tells us, the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen just had, as had been told them. Can you imagine the moment that these shepherds found this particular stable and they walked into the stable and they saw Joseph and Mary and they saw the baby Jesus wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a feed trough. Can you imagine when they went to Joseph and Mary and said, let me tell you what we heard. We saw an angel. In fact, we saw the night sky filled with angels praising God for this moment. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Joseph and Mary hearing about the, the message Christmas in three words, that this baby would be Savior, he would be Christ, and he would be Lord. Oh, Mary heard that. She pondered those things in her heart, and she must have pondered them for a long time. I think we can all agree. These shepherds experience Christmas the way God expects us to experience Christmas. They experience the real thing. But I want you to know something today. 
You and I can experience Christmas too, but we have to be very intentional, as I said at the beginning. Now, how did they experience? Well, they trusted the Lord, just like Zacharias and Elizabeth did. They obeyed the, the Lord just the way Joseph did. And they served the Lord just the way Mary did. And, and we learn here in our text today, especially in verse 20, that they worship the Lord. They worship the Lord. They praise God. And we can do the same thing in our families today. Isn't it interesting that New Year's follows Christmas? You see, the Savior has come. The Lord has come. The anointed one has come. And because he came, because he is God with us, we can have a new start. We can have a, a, a new hope for a new year that's coming next week. That's the power of Jesus. Hey, last week, there was a man at that camera by the name of Steve Davis. Steve Davis has been faithful to be at that camera, serving the Lord, doing it his way. Randy Daniels, who is one of the leaders at Union Mission, shared the gospel with Steve a couple of years ago. He discipled Steve. Steve became a believer. God forgave him. God made him into a new man in Christ. And last night, on the way to his sister's for Christmas, he was killed in a car wreck. You know, we hear these three words all the time. Savior, Christ, Lord. But I need to ask you a question. Is Jesus your Savior? Is he? Is Jesus your Lord? Is Jesus your anointed one, your king? Is he your king? I, I praise God that Jesus was all that and more to Steve. He's with Jesus in heaven today. Not because he was good. Not because he was religious. But because he trusted the Lord. He obeyed the Lord, he served the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord. Hey, if you're in this room today and you're not sure where you stand with Jesus, I want to encourage you to take one of the connect cards out of the rack in front of you. And I want to encourage you to take that card and, and, and fill, it, fill it out. Give us your information. You, you can check a box like this. I want to explore Christianity. Or, or you can check a box like this. I want to become a Christian. I want to believe in Jesus. I want Jesus to be my Savior. I want Jesus to be my King. I want Jesus to be my Lord. Now, let me tell you now. The Bible says our life is like a vapor. It's here one moment and it's gone the next. I praise God.
that Steve Davis was ready. I praise God for that. And I hope and pray that you'll be ready when God chooses to bring you into eternity. Hey, would you bow your heads for just a moment? Our Heavenly Father, I thank you that you saved Steve. I thank you for Randy and his ministry with men who have had a tough, tough life, Father. And I praise you for the power of the gospel. I praise you that, that Steve received Jesus as his Savior, as his King, and as his Lord. And I thank you, Lord, based upon your promise, Steve is with you today. We praise you, Lord. Lord, I pray for any person in this room, any person watching live stream, I pray, oh God, that if they're lost, that you'd save them. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are God with us in the difficulties of life, in the disappointments of life. You're with us. And I pray, Lord, that you would be with Steve's family. And I pray you would encourage them. I pray that you would meet every physical and spiritual and emotional need they have in their lives according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And Lord, I pray that every family represented here today would truly experience Christmas. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.